Ha, quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Alison Riggs. Welcome. We're going to be talking about building a self-sufficient team with They Ask You Answer. I'm terribly intrigued by that, and I think it will help us at CaliCube to better build our team. Uh, no idea what you mean by They Ask You Answer, but that's what we're going to find out today. As always, before getting going with that, we're going to start with your brand, sir. My favorite topic in the whole wide world, Alison Riggs. Unfortunately, there's a famous judge with the same name as you who has the knowledge panel and takes over the entire brand, sir. Have you ever thought about getting your place on this personal brand, sir? I have. And it's really interesting being in marketing for... 20, almost 20 years now, which seems wild to say, I've never really thought too much about building my own brand. And now leaning into my wise years here and feeling as though I do have insights and I do have the ability to uh, bring knowledge to people. My, my brand is becoming more and more important. So I'm kind of starting at grassroots level, starting with LinkedIn thinking about a website, thinking so much more than that. But but for now, it's just continuing to organically bring my knowledge to as many people as possible. One by one, indeed. And how many people do you think search your name looking for you as opposed to the more famous judge? Oh, I would probably say a few hundred, actually, oh, wow. which, which is, I think for me, that's really that's interesting. I don't know if the average American yeah. or person can say that a couple hundred search for them uh, on a monthly basis. Well, I mean, as soon as you start reaching out organically, you're you're naturally pull, pulling people towards the idea of searching your name to find out more about you. And right now you're in a situation where a lot of that is going to go to waste in the sense that people won't mm -hmm. find you or they'll have to refine their search to find you. Do you think there's a financial loss for you there? Probably there, there could be, um, and, and but I, you know what? I'm I'm not overly worried about it because I oh. feel as though the people that take at least right now they take the the time to find me and they know who I am as a as a coach and as a marketer. I'd hope that they would go a little bit of the extra mile to find me, and then those that do, I know that they are really highly interested in in who I am and and what I have to offer. Oh, that's a brilliant point, in fact, because in that case, there's an argument for not optimizing your brand cert, because then you force people to make the extra effort and you filter out the people who are not actually going to be interesting for you. That's a lovely take on the brand cert that I never would have thought of. And now I'm feeling rather upset because I can't tell you you need to get your brand cert right. For your company, that might be different because you're competing with this um, wrestling TV channel. Is that a problem for your company? Because impact wrestling outranks you it it's interesting it's somewhat of the same thing though and and this is a philosophy that we really have embraced knowing that we've got some in, some competition you know when we started with impact golly same thing about about 20 years ago we we didn't have this competition um mm. and it, it felt right and our brand name felt right we're here to make an impact and now over the years we've realized all right we've We've got some competition. What do we need to do to fix it? And we have an amazing team that is constantly optimizing our website, writing more content. And we we see it as the same thing. We're, we're still only, Jason, give us some credit, right? We're, we're maybe the, the third or fourth position on the page there yeah. still. So we know that the right people who are looking for us as 
coaches and, and for training purposes, they'll at least go down a little bit. But you know what? If they're looking for wrestling training, then I hope Impact Plus is a great place for them as well. Brilliant. Yeah. And Google actually suggests, because I've been searching around your name and your company, uh, the search Impact Plus Marketing. So it's understood that I was actually mm-hmm. looking at you or around you and offered me this as an alternative. And once again, if somebody doesn't find you the first time, they will then refine their search by adding a mm-hmm. qualifier word is what we call them, such as marketing, to define exactly their intent, that they're not looking for the wrestling TV channel, they're looking for you guys. Perhaps also a good tactic to push people to engage more, to make more effort to find you. Very much so. Yeah, I love the algorithm for that. But also the same thing, right, is um, informing people what to search for. And we know that they'll take the right time to find us as a marketing and coaching and training organization. And then we know that they're the right fit. If they give up on the first try, then you know what? Coaching probably isn't for you. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Great. You are listening to Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard. Now, back to the show. So we, we've, we've looked at the brand, sir. we've introduced you, and now we're going to move on to building a self-sufficient team with They Ask You Answer. Now, you suggested to me that the best question to start with is, with AI and tech advancing so rapidly, why is it a good idea to bring marketing in-house? I don't see the connection, but I'm sure there is one, and you're going to bring it to me. Definitely. Well, you know, realistically, whether it's new technologies that are coming through, like a chat GPT or um, different types of open AI, no matter what it is, the idea of bringing your marketing in-house is a piece that organizations have sometimes just left, left to the wind. They can find an agency, they can have somebody else do their marketing. But ultimately, what happens is is that truly representing your brand in the best way possible? And is it helping to build trust with your potential consumers knowing that? Because Jason, have you ever read a, a, an article or a blog and you could just tell that maybe there's not a subject matter expert behind this article? Yes. And you read it and you yeah. think, this isn't helping me. It isn't bringing extra information that I didn't have. This person doesn't know more than I do. Yeah. And how does that reflect the actual brand mm, that yep. you're reading that on? Yeah. It, you feel negatively or less positively about them. I mean, Google talk about EEAT, expertise, um, mm-hmm. experience, or authority and trustworthiness at publisher and author level. And the publisher has a reputation by publishing the author's work. So the author's work needs to represent the publisher in a positive light. So yes, 100%. Keep going. Definitely. So think about this. If if agencies and other marketing organizations that are representing brands, if they start to leverage tools like AI and they don't incorporate more of that true brand voice, how far do you think that trust is going to start to steer with our potential buyers, if now not only different people are writing for us, but now we've got AI writing for us and we're starting Hmm. to draw farther and farther away from the brand voice. 100% and uh, chat GPT and using AI to write. I mean, we've been experimenting with it like everybody else. 
And what strikes me is however hard I try, it's always stale and boring mm-hmm. and flat. And it lacks my personality or the personality of the CaliCube team. And that's a huge problem. And it's a fanta- it can be, Jason, it can be a fantastic asset. It can help generate topic ideas. It can help get writers started on different types of articles or website copy. But you are always going to need that person, that human coming in with the human element, that human voice to bring in personality, brand trust. And to really bring people in to see, okay, the the knowledge is there, the expertise, mm. but where's the the connection, that bond that you need to build with the brand before you make a buying decision? Right, which means bringing the marketing in house also means that the people writing it are going to be writing with the brand voice, which is a problem when you're outsourcing all of this stuff, and it's a problem we've had with CaliCube. Um, is people who come in have very different styles of writing, and somehow they need to yeah. adapt to how CaliCube is writing. And it used to be that CaliCube just wrote like me because I was writing everything. And now with the team, we're seeing a CaliCube voice and a CaliCube tone of voice coming mm-hmm. out. Um, how important is that to build the company tone of voice, the company brand uh, over and above the individual? Oh, 100%. So, you know, I, I have the absolutely amazing privilege of coaching and training not only Um, CEOs and executives, but also content managers and content writers and marketing uh, managers and executives. And they're those boots on the ground. And one of the very first things that we work on is creating a content style guide. So most of us, when we think style guide, we're thinking logos and pantones and fonts and and, and the, the brand itself from a creative perspective. But a lot of times we miss out on the content side building that brand voice in a style guide that anyone in your organization can say, not just, oh, this is, we capitalize the K (laughs) and we lowercase the C or, um, you know, this is how we use certain words, but how do we build that brand together so that collectively as a group and a culture inside your organization, you're utilizing content in the same exact way, whether it's a sales team member writing Mm. emails or a content writer on your team writing blogs and articles and guides for you. So truly creating a content style guide is something that I suggest any organization incorporates. Right, so my next question, which I'm getting a bit overexcited about is, what does the content (laughs) style guide look like? It looks very similar to a, um, a creative style guide or a brand style guide. And so you outline all of the different ways that you use language, how you talk about your services, maybe website copy versus article copy, um, how you, um, the same thing with Google with Eat, right? How do we talk about our expertise? And Mm. so there's a whole almost um, Wikipedia of, here's all of the expertise pieces that you can use and you get as specific as possible. So if there's something Mm. around a certain product or a certain service that you provide, If you have a a content writer or even a salesperson who's writing about that specific topic, they can go to your style guide and they can say, oh, wow, I didn't know that we have collectively 30 years of experience, that our team has helped build XYZ, or we've been featured in this number of Mm. publications around this type of, of service or product, 
or we're this well known in our industry for for xyz right so is it a mixture of the things you say the way you say them but also the vocabulary you would tend to use and the way you would break up content into paragraphs with images and so on and so forth is it yeah. How, how deep do you need to go is the question. Jason, you can get as deep as you would like. Thank you very much. <laughs> so you, could get, um, you can get as specific as this is our structure for an article. This mm. is our structure for a download asset. This is, and this is where we bring in the ask you answer because I wasn't going to let that kind of fall away here, but this is how, <laughs> this is how we bring in transparency. In our organization, this is how we truly answer questions that people are asking and even the hard questions. So this is where even in your style guide, how do we address problems with our products and services? Mm. So when someone asks you, well, Jason, what's what could be some of the downfalls of working with with Cali Cube? There are absolutely none. A, right. <laughs> and that's what most people say. I'm sure. But yeah. We know. Right. But we know that there, there could be some forms of hiccups. Yes. They probably want to know too, like, what is the cost? How much does it cost to work with your organization? And Jason, this is where have you, what, what do you do when you have a question and you're wondering about something? What's the first thing that you do? Uh, I ask the person in front of me or I Google them. Or yes. So if you've got someone in front of you, you ask them or you go and Google it. And what happens, like what emotion do you start to feel, Jason, when you Google something and you can't find it? Frustration. Frustration. Yes, the F word that we all like to joke around about over here, right. frustration. And what if instead of leaving your audiences frustrated because they can't find the answers, whether it's about your industry or your brand specifically, we just come out with non-biased, transparent content on our website that answers all of those questions. Because here's the other kicker too, Jason, what would you do if one of your competitors started to write all about you and the potential benefits or problems? Where is your consumer now learning about you and your brand? Sure. No, and this is something I teach in the Brand SERP courses uh, yeah. that, we, that we have at CaliCube is, if you don't answer it, somebody else will, and that might be your competitor. Your audience are almost certainly searching for answers about your products and services in your company on Google and not necessarily on your site. And if you don't provide the answer, somebody else will, and it might even be Google with its machine learning, at which point you're struggling mm -hmm. with the truth. Oh, exactly, 100%. And so why not take that step out of somewhat traditional marketing of mm -hmm. only writing about ourselves and, and our product, but really diving into well, what are the real questions that mm. people are asking? And a lot of times it's about, oh, how much does it cost to mm. work and, and use your product? How does your product or service or brand compare to other brands? Yeah. So you'll see even with us, we actually write articles that compare us to other agencies. So that if somebody were to really ask us, well, what's the difference between you and working directly with HubSpot? Well, Jason, let me send you an article. I can, I'm going to give you a quick brief, but let me send you an article that talks all about that. 
Right. I, I, mean, I realize now we've actually started doing that without really thinking about it, is we've started writing articles in order to be able to just point people when they, to them when they ask us questions. So we've started doing that, but we're not prioritizing it very well. We're just writing them as they come up. Is that a bad idea or is the way we can prioritize it better than just when somebody asks, we write the article in case somebody else asks oh, next week? It's a, yeah, it's a great way to start is as those questions are coming up, but instead, could you actually come together as a group and a team and brainstorm 20, 30, 40 topics that are really high priority that not only people are searching for, but that people are asking you in your sales process about your brand or about your industry. And so that way, instead of having the same conversations, I mean, mm -hmm. think about the typical salesperson or marketing person, right? They're having the same conversations over and over and over again. Ooh. Yeah, we had a sales meeting early on with Elisa, uh, with a potential client, and I had sent the potential client a link to an explanation of the CaliCube process, which is the way that Beautiful. we approach digital marketing, brand management on, on Google. And halfway through my pitch, he said, I know all of this. I read the article. Beautiful. <laughs> that's and, and that's like, exactly well, what... Sorry. Oh, no, but Jason, but then what, what did you get to do then with the rest of the meeting? Oh, talk about other stuff that's even more exciting. So, yes, it saved me having to repeat the same thing over and over and again because the person had read this article. And then I could say to him, in fact, now we're looking at the question of what happens with ChatGPT on Bing, what happens with Apple Search, what happens as people move towards the privacy-based search engines and Google starts losing market share, what are you going to do then? And the answer to that is you're going to suffer if you haven't prepared. And the CaliCube process prepares you for the event that Google will lose some market share, even if it's only 1% or 2%, and you're going to be ready. So I managed to give him that pitch, and we're looking good for the sale, I think. Beautiful. And so this is where that twofold falls in. Sorry, of... excuse me. Beautiful, but pure luck. <laughs> Yeah, pure luck. But imagine, though, now that you've learned that, though, Jason, what do you want to do moving forward? How do you want to approach your content and what you're creating? Well, now that I've talked to you, I want to go and brainstorm with my team to figure out what these questions are. But I hadn't thought about it. It's, it's complete luck as well. that I happened to do that this morning, in fact, two hours ago, and now I'm talking to you and the two linked together. But what we need is Jean Marie is currently doing the content writing. We need to sit down and figure out what our content style guide is going to be, then brainstorm these questions and start spreading out and making sure that we're answering them so that we can then point everybody to them and avoid answering them multiple times. Genius. Thank you very much, Alison. Yeah, you're welcome. And really what it boils down to, if I could sum it up, is if organizations, businesses, brands, you know, NGOs really took this mindset of being obsessed with the questions, concerns, theory, fears, worries, and concerns that their consumers are having. And they just came in and transparently wrote all of the content around that and geared their website towards that and geared their sales process towards education versus mm -hmm. selling. I can guarantee that you'll see a shift in, in how your um, team performs but also how people start to view your organization is not just a product or a solution,
but as a trusted guide mm. in their Ooh. process. No, and that's a lovely, a lovely comment because we had we've had a couple of sales meetings. Somebody came on and said, "I've read all your articles. I know exactly what you do. I know what you offer. I know what I want. The question now is, how much does it cost?" That was the quickest sales call we've ever had. So, but what what article do you need to write, or what do you need to put on your website, Jason? How much it costs? How much it costs? <laughs> right? Imagine going to a imagine going to a car dealership. And they make you wait and wait and wait and wait and wait before they tell you how much the car is. Right. Or if if you go to a restaurant <laughs> and do you ever see like the do you have a like MP or market price right. on your on the menu? Never heard do of you, it, but go ahead. Okay, so um here in the States, um typically with um higher priced items, instead of giving the exact cost, they mm. put the letters MP for market price, right. which typically means you need to ask the server how much it costs. But it's somewhat of an indicator of like, ooh, this is probably going to be expensive. He's going to tell me it's it's $100 per, per crab claw that I'd like mm. to have. And it typically steers people away. And so even restaurants are leaning away from hiding their prices. But just being upfront and transparent and honest, and even if it's more expensive, helping to explain, well, why is it that way? Mm -hmm. Sure. I mean, we're relatively expensive in terms of what we offer in many people's point of view, but I've mm -hmm. had some people say it's not enough. You're not charging enough for the immense service you give. And other people saying it's too much. And from what I can see, it's a lack of uh, correct understanding and perception of exactly the value we offer. If I'm offering you a future-proof digital marketing strategy and insurance against any eventuality of whoever wins in the big tech, that's a huge value. Yeah. But very difficult to put and a it, number on. It's very difficult. And here's, here's the thing, too, about when we say um, talking about costs is you don't have to give an exact number. Oh, but if, right, you can okay. do, if you can do two things, one, Jason, do you also think that when talking with potential clients that maybe they just don't understand how much your type of services cost in general? Yes, 100%. Right. They don't, they, there's, there's an educational piece they're missing of, well, I've never worked with an organization like yours. Mm, or yeah. I've, I've always been with my old agency that charged me this. So if we can, one, educate them on the cost of our industry as a mm -hmm. whole so that they really do have an understanding of the different ranges that it could cost, the factors that come into changing the cost. Hmm. We can help educate them. So whether they work with us or not, they're more informed about their buying decision. Mm -hmm. And then the second piece, if we can explain our cost and we can give that range of, well, if you start off at this, this level, it will be this much. Here mm -hmm. are some of the factors that, that, that make that change, right? So if you're software, maybe it's the number of users or um, the uh, type of projects that you're working on so that as consumers, we can just truly understand what we're getting ourselves into. That's, that's where we're starting to lean to. And even Google's learning that, right? We want um, authenticity and transparency and authority in our decision-making. Authority is huge and trust, credibility. Mm -hmm. I like the word credibility because it encompasses trust, yeah. authority, expertise, and experience, mm -hmm. in my opinion. And we actually haven't really talked about building a self-sufficient team with they ask you answer. We got kind of sidetracked on the topic of 
marketing teams in-house with questions we should be answering. What do you mean by they ask you answer in terms of team, big teams becoming self-sufficient? I would love to move towards a more self-sufficient team. It's about bringing it in-house. It's about right. making the commitment to what we just said, that obsession about answering questions. Instead of leaning towards an outside party helping you with mm. all of your marketing, marketing, writing your content for you, you bring in a full marketing team and you bring in a content manager, one person who writes right. all of your content for you. That's publishing three articles per week, maybe even more than that. They're really developing your whole content strategy and that you're not outsourcing that. Then you bring in possibly a videographer in-house so you're not outsourcing your video. Mm -hmm. Then what we like to call it is a connection between your sales and marketing team. And we like to call it your revenue team right. because we know it's not just marketing and it's not just sales. It's both of them coming together in-house to create that revenue-driving camaraderie where even your sales team is so connected to your marketing team that they're using content, they're giving ideas, they're, mm. they're working together seamlessly. Right. And they're, they're speaking in the same language in terms of they're using the same terminology, they're answering the same questions in mm. the same way, be it front-facing social media, marketing, writing, to the sales team actually making the sale. And we had an interesting experience where a client came on board, yet another client, sounds like we've got hundreds of clients now, um, who said, I really want to point out that the reason I'm talking to you today is because of the podcast. I've watched your podcast. I think it's great. It's so full of rich information. I just want to sign on the dotted line because I trust you and I believe in you. Beautiful. And that's, that's my word for the, the morning. <laughs> <laughs> that that well that's because the 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 podcast run by maria plus joanne who's and bernadette who are communicating with social media have such a powerful voice that's being pushed out there that they're making it very much that people come to the sales part already convinced of what we're doing um i'm not sure if once again it's luck but it seems that we are matching up what i'm saying in the sales calls mm -hmm. to what's being said publicly and this is where, you know, bringing those teams together. I truly believe you should have a marketing person in every sales meeting. And you should have a salesperson in every marketing meeting. And that these two teams start to communicate on a whole nother level where sales knows exactly what's coming into the funnel. They're helping to be collaborative. They're saying, ooh, these are the best topics we should write about in this and, you know, when we're like all the marketing speech, right? Top of the funnel, middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. The sales team is contributing to that. And we're not mm. siloing each other into, well, I'm just sales. Just send me the leads, marketing. And marketing saying, well, I send all the leads over to sales, but nothing ever happens with them. Or I don't, I don't know what's working and what's not working. This is where teams can feel completely disjointed. Our close rates are really low. The um, even the spirit of the team <laughs> is somewhat um, depreciating because there isn't this handoff and seamless flow. And this is where when you, especially if you've got your marketing outsourced, it can feel like it's a completely different island. It can feel like right. it's off on its own and that uh, your team internally is not contributing 
and building something together as a team. That's where the self-sufficiency comes in is eventually if you write, if you're writing a ton of articles, you're answering all of those questions, you're driving so much organic traffic to your site. And then if your sales team is starting to use that content, then they're starting to educate buyers as they go. And so now what you're building is a team that doesn't need the help of an outside agency. They have now become their own little marketing agency in-house driving everything for you. Which is exactly, once again, by luck, what we've been building at CaliCube. And I'd misunderstood the concept of self-sufficient. I thought you were talking about each individual being autonomous. But in fact, you're saying as a team, we become self-sufficient by answering the questions that the people who are going to buy from us are asking and doing it consistently throughout the entire Mm -hmm. funnel. So you've taken 30 minutes to explain that to me, uh, and I've just cottoned on to what you were actually talking about 30 minutes later. But it does make so much sense. And I would like to mention Mary Ann, who takes some of these episodes and then repurposes them as a presentation to our team to help our team work better together. And this is a great episode for Mary Ann to do that presentation uh, because we find what then happens is that we take what you've shared with us she applies it to how we currently function, and then we can adapt slightly the way we're functioning according to what you've just taught us. Absolutely brilliant, Alison. I thought that was amazing. Uh, before ending, you need to answer the question, how does branded search fit in with a self-sufficient team with they ask, you answer? Or how does a self-sufficient team with they ask, you answer help with branded search? Yes. So it really goes back to the answering the questions. Jason, is we want to write about the the industry as a whole and educate our potential consumers on on the industry. But then we also want to write about our own brand. Exactly what you said, the the process. Now, there might be some things we want to keep um, unindexed, where if it's, it's, you know, very internal that you only want potential clients learning about. But why not write about your competition, comparisons, writing all about the brand questions that could come about. I think we may have possibly lost Jason, <laughs> but really, so I'll just keep going there. So, so that's where we're talking about branded search is don't, don't shy away from writing the problems that could happen with your brand, the, the benefits of what it looks like working with your brand the comparisons between you and other products and services and the cost of your products and the best of. So the best pieces here. So Jason, we've got you back. Yeah, I hope you were filling in now. That's never happened to me before. I've got no idea what just happened on my side, and I don't know how that would have recorded. But I think you were on screen on your own, and I'm sure you absolutely rocked it. Thank you so much. I'll only be able to listen to the answer to that question once this is published, which is going to be a first on this show. So before ending, we're going to pass the baton to Ruan Marignon. Combining the metaverse with digital marketing, that looks super interesting. It's going to be super geeky, but also, I think, super practical because digital marketing in the metaverse. I would 100%. Alison, I'm afraid I've lost it again. <laughs> it's okay. You're good. Oh, no. This is a technical disaster. 
that. It's all right. We can hear and see you. And you were in the middle of passing the baton over to Juan Mourinho, who not just talking about the metaverse and digital marketing, but he also has a fantastic YouTube channel with really great insight into SEO best practices that even the amateur marketer or business owner can apply to help their business grow organically. Absolutely brilliant. A few technical problems there, but we got through it. Thank you so much, Alison. That was absolutely brilliant. I loved it. Thank you, everyone, for watching. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Alison. You're welcome, Jason. Brilliant. That was wonderful. Cali Cube. It's all about your brand, SERP.